chapter number 19. What a blessing it is to be back in this part of the world again, to be with our dear friend, Brother Gravely, and to be with all our friends here. And I'll tell you, there are some people uh, in this room tonight that I not only love and appreciate, and I'm getting emotional about it, not only do I love and appreciate, but I owe outside of the grace of God who I am to them. And I really mean that. Brother Blue over there preached that message. I got under conviction, went home and got saved. Praise God. And I was 17 years old, heard Brother Allen preach. And I tell you what he made me want to do. He made me want to hold nothing back. Give it all to God. And I love these brethren. Good to see Brother Green back there. My wife got right with God under his preaching. Oh, I wish you'd come back and preach again. She's backslid. <laughs> and he preached at Carlackie's one day and she got right with the Lord and wanted to marry a preacher. She didn't do very well, but I done real good and appreciate it. Brother Jones sitting back there. I love him and I respect him. And I'm gonna tell you, there's some good folks in this room tonight. I'll tell you, Brother Caldwell, that's a real message. I love you, man. I'm going to tell you, there's somebody in this room tonight, higher than the highest, greater than the greatest, the all-time undefeated, undisputable King of kings and Lord of lords, and Jesus is his name. I want to read some verses tonight, and I don't normally do this, but I want to tell a little story but if you'll just bear with me while I tell my story, then I'll jump in and, and preach some scripture. I don't want to be like a skyscraper preacher. That's one story on top of another. But I got something stirring in my heart tonight. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. Darties, I love that song. I praise God for that and love the good singing tonight. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. I, I got to do this real quick. It's getting too big. Whoop! Hallelujah. Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, verse number 29. And it came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethpage in Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, and the which at your entering ye shall find a coat. We know that means a little donkey. You'll find the little coat. You'll find him. Whereupon yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. hither. And if any man ask you, why do you lose him? Thus you shall say unto him. And this is one of these verses in the Bible that tires my nerves up. Because the Lord hath need of him. My soul, the sovereign God of heaven that made it all, said the Lord has need of him. And I, I know what preachers mean when they say it. I know what I've tried to mean when I say it, you know. And as far as God being God, being sovereign, being holy, being omnipotent, he is God all by himself. I understand that. I understand that. But if the gospel gets preached, if sinners get one to Jesus, if churches get started, if the call of the gospel is carried out, who do you think's going to do it? The church of the living God. Therefore, the Lord needs you tonight. He needs you in his army. He needs you in his service. He needs you in his work. I got one better than that. Uh, he wants you tonight. Uh, I think I got one better than that. Uh, he'll take you. He'll take you. He needs you. He wants you. And he'll take you. Woo. 
The Lord hath need of him. Verse number 32. And they that were went, and they that were sent went their way and found even as it was told unto them. And in verse number 33, I can't even see. And as they were loosening the coat, the owners thereof said unto them, Why do you loose the coat? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus. <clears throat> and they brought him to Jesus. I think I'll say that again. And they brought him to Jesus and cast their garments upon the coat. And they set Jesus their own. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he must come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God, I like this, with a loud voice, with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And what do you know, they're still around. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And boy, I love it. Jesus always takes up for the underdog. Look in verse 40. And he answered and said unto them, I'll tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And this ain't part of my sermon, but it's an itch and I want to scratch it. I don't want no rock shouting in my place. I don't know what the Lord did for that rock, but I know what he did for me when he got me out of the mire and he put me on that rock. I, I love this passage, the triumphant entry of Christ, where Jesus sits on this little donkey and uh, this little donkey carries Jesus into town and Jesus gets all the praise and the donkey gets none of the praise. And here's why this passage is so big in my heart. You don't have to be around me much to know that my daddy was my hero. Amen. I loved my daddy. He was my hero. He was the best man in my wedding. He was a pastor, my pastor my whole life till I became a pastor. Uh, he taught me how to hunt, taught me how to fish, taught me how to shoot a gun. I asked him one time, I said, Dad, how come you didn't teach us to play golf? He said, bless God, we're Christians and we have, and we have convictions and we don't meddle in the things of this world. Boy, I feel something up in here. I don't know what it is. But my daddy was my hero. Now, my daddy was just like your daddy, worked hard, come up hard, raised in that depression. And my, my daddy had to quit school when he was 16 to get a job to help his mama feed him and his two brothers while his daddy, my papa, was out fighting in the wars. Therefore, my dad did not get uh, an opportunity to get what he used to call a formal education. He just didn't have the opportunity to do that. Well, the Korean campaign broke out and dad got drafted in the army and found himself at Fort Campbell, Kentucky in the Airborne Division uh, jumping out of airplanes. And on the last day, they jumped the last time, an unforeseen storm came up, and my dad and two other men were the only ones that walked away from that terrible event. My daddy was never the same quite after that. Then not long after that, on a Saturday night, dad was lost away from God. And him and some boys were coming back from Nashville, back up toward Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and they had a Jeep wreck that night and my dad was ejected from that automobile. 
Man, they called the ambulance. They called all the emergency people. And they just about left. They didn't see my dad. He was down in a ditch all covered in mud. And a policeman with a flashlight saw two shiny boots. And that's how they found it. To make a long story short, dad spent nine months, nine months in an army hospital. A surgeon literally had to take a knife and cut every one of my dad's teeth that had been knocked out, embedded into his tongue. That left my dad with what you would call a speech impediment. A lot of people that didn't know my dad, familiar, uh, they would have somewhat of a hard time understanding what he said. I just want to say this, I had no problem at all understanding what my daddy said. And uh, so therefore, my dad had an inferiority complex. It was terrible. My daddy always felt like that he was the least of the least and the worst of the worst. He always had that inferiority complex. Now, I'm not promoting that, but that is better uh, than some I've seen lately uh, that are not legends in their own time. Uh, they're legends in their own mind. But anyway, that left dad with a serious inferiority complex. He always felt like he wasn't good enough, smart enough, talented enough, always the least among the least. Well, God saved my dad right after he got out of the army. And it wasn't long that God called my daddy to preach. But my daddy ran from that calling for a long time. Here's why. He felt like, Lord, you can do better than me. Lord, you, you, you can do better than me. I can't talk plain. I don't have an education. I'm bashful. Lord, I, I'm the least of all the least. Lord, you can do a whole lot better than me. He always felt like he was never good enough or worthy enough to be a preacher of the gospel. And one Saturday night in Danville, Virginia, he walked into a little Baptist church and sat out on the back in a revival. And a man of God was up preaching from this text on that triumphant entry of Christ where Jesus is on the back of this little donkey. And this little donkey carries Jesus into town. And Jesus gets all the glory and the donkey don't get any of the glory. And boy, toward the end of that message, my dad said, that evangelist said, hey, young man in the back, God is calling you to preach, but you don't feel like you're good enough. You don't feel like you're talented enough. You don't feel like you're worthy enough. Well, son, based on this scripture, I want to tell you, if a donkey can do it, you can too. Come down here and get saddled up. My daddy walked the aisle that night and gave his life to be a preacher of the gospel. And for the next 60 years, he saddled up. And for the next 60 years, he lifted Jesus high. And for the next 60 years, he took Jesus into town. And for the next 60 years, Jesus got all the glory and daddy didn't get none of the glory. And that became my daddy's motto his whole life. Well, if a donkey can do it, you can do. If a donkey can lift Jesus up, if a donkey can lift Jesus high, if a donkey can carry Jesus into town, 
If a donkey can take Jesus to people who need to see Jesus and Jesus get all the praise and the donkey gets none of the praise. If a donkey can do it, you can too. I just want to say this tonight. Be everything God wants you to be. Answer every call. Fill in every line. Travel every mile. You can be an engine instead of a caboose. You say how? Cause if a donkey can do it, you can too. For what greater honor than we have than to saddle up with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Lifting Jesus high. Taking Jesus to a lost and a dying world where Jesus gets all the glory and we get none of the glory. I've come to tell you tonight if a donkey can do it, you can too. Saddle up to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Three things tonight in the life of that donkey. If we're gonna saddle up and take Jesus into town. Number one, that donkey has got to be bought. If you wanna read something tonight that'll bless your socks off, go back to the book of Exodus and you'll find that when a man would have the donkey, that donkey was born with the curse of God upon him. And the only thing that donkey could look forward to was for the owner to break its neck and kill it and it would die. But oh, if you don't think God's not good, he even has a means whereby little old donkeys don't have to die. You know what that was in place? A thing called redemption. The donkey could be redeemed. And if the donkey could get redeemed, the curse could be lifted and he didn't have to die. But there's a catch. The only thing that could redeem a donkey and reverse the curse and make him fit to live and not fit to kill was he had to be redeemed by a lamb. The only thing that could make that donkey worthy to live and not fit to kill, he had to be redeemed and not just redeemed, but redeemed by a lamb. You say, what has that got to do with us? I'm glad you asked. We were born sinners, lost and undone with that God or his son. Sinners by birth and by nature and by choice. Our mind was darkened, our spirit was dead, our will was depraved, our heart was deceitful, and our body was even dying. We was under the curse of the condemnation of the holy wrath of a sovereign God. But I'm glad tonight I got redeemed I got saved I got rescued the curse has been reversed but I didn't get redeemed when I joined the church I didn't get redeemed when I got baptized I didn't get redeemed when I shook the preacher's hand but I got redeemed when the Holy Ghost took me to bloody Calvary introduced me to Jesus and the blood of Jesus Christ God's son has reversed the curse 
I'm not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold or the vain conversation received from the tradition of my father, but I'm redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without spot and without blemish. I'm glad the Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And if you've been redeemed tonight and washed in the blood, saddle up to the king, lift him high, carry Jesus into town and give him the glory and we get none of the glory. How to be redeemed. They say that word redeemed means to pay a price. They say that word redeemed means to claim ownership. And then they say that word redeemed means to be set free to honor the one that paid the price. And I'll tell you, I owed a debt that I couldn't pay. But Christ paid a debt that he did not owe. And I don't belong to myself. And I don't belong to the world. And I don't belong to the devil. I don't belong to dead religionists. But I belong to Jesus. He belongs to me. And I've been set free to honor the one that's paid the price. You say, preacher, give me one good reason why I ought to not come up lacking. Give me one good reason why I ought to be my best for God. If God's hand reached further down than you could reach up and his precious blood has saved you and redeemed you and put you in the family of God, saved you from hell, wrote your name in heaven, picked you out of nothing, put you in everything. What more reason do you need to glorify God than you've been redeemed and saved by the blood of the crucified one? I'm glad I've been bought. Saddle up. Saddle up. Because if a donkey can do it, you can too. Got to be bought. Number two, look in this text. If that donkey's gonna saddle up and be used, he's got to be brought. Jesus said, now you'll find this donkey. And when you find him, you gotta bring him to me. That donkey has gotta get out of his world and get in Jesus' world. That donkey has gotta give up what he wants to do today to get over there to do what Jesus wants him to do today. Now, I know you're not supposed to talk to animals, but I'm telling you, people do it all the time. Time out. If you ever see Brother Arthur carrying a poodle dog around in my subdivision, I've lost my mind. Oh, I flew into the airport the other day and Mrs. Arthur was coming to picking me up and I was waiting on her and man, this beautiful Mercedes pulled up and man, this lady shot around behind me. Man, like to knock me down. She jerked that door open. She stuck her head in that thing and said, oh, precious, oh, my darling, precious, how I missed you. Oh, my darling, precious. And I'm thinking, dude, whatever you have done, to get your wife to talk to you like that. Write a book. Because most traveling preachers, here's what they say when they pick us up. Get out, get in, shut up, I'm 
do you get paid? We gotta go. They don't ask how many preachers came to the meeting. They don't ask, did revival break out? They wanna know if they got some grocery money. Can I get an amen? Boy, I'm thinking, dude, you must really be something. But I found out in a few minutes, it wasn't him. Oh, it wasn't him. About that time, a little stupid chihuahua dog stuck its head out there, licked that woman in the face. She licked him back. You hear me? She was more glad to see the dog than she was him. And when I saw him, I knew why. And I'm gonna tell you, if I'd been mad to her, I wouldn't even have picked her up. I know you're not supposed to talk to animals, but I wanna talk to this little donkey. I just wanna talk to this little donkey and I just wanna say, hey buddy, now listen. I don't know what all is on your agenda today. I don't know what kind of loads are gonna be put on your back. And I don't know what kind of train cars, burdens you're gonna have to pull. But Mr. Donkey, I just, I just wanna tell you something. Um, if you'll come with me and get out of your world and get over here in the Savior's world, I, I just feel like I need to tell you something. Oh, Mr. Donkey, you're about to fill a hand like you've never failed. Uh, Mr. Donkey, you're about to sense a presence that you've never sensed. Mr. Donkey, you're about to hear a voice like you've never heard. And I don't know what I was on your agenda today, but if you'll just do what his mama told me one time over at that marriage supper, whatever he says unto you, do it. Mr. Donkey, if you'll just get out of your world and come over here to Jesus' world, I just need to tell you this before you go. You're going places where you've never been. You'll see things you never dreamed. I know that you weren't created to prance around in some royal parade. I know you were created to just carry a bunch of burdens and pull a bunch of heavy loads. But oh, Mr. Donkey, you're about to get hooked up for life. Mr. Donkey, I just need to tell you, you're in for the ride of your life. So come on with me, Mr. Donkey, and get out of your world and get into his world because you're about to get into this area of Christian living the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard neither has it into the heart of a man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him and that verse right there is not talking about heaven because the very next verse said but the Holy Ghost has revealed them unto us you say what has that got to do with me if you'll junk your agenda and junk your plans and junk your life and junk your dreams and get out of your own world and get in his world. I want to tell you, you're about to go where you've never been. You're about to see what you've never seen. You're about to hear what you've never heard. You're in for the ride of your life. I want to challenge you young preachers tonight, tear down the fences, erase the lines and destroy the borders and jump all in for God. Saddle up to the king. Get out of your will and get in his will. You're in for the ride of your life. He has got to be brought. 
I was 17 years old and I heard Brother Ballou preach on the five loaves and the two fishes, the little lad with a little lunch that fed a hungry bunch. And I think the Lord cut me off three or four slices that night. Oh, I want to say, if you'll just give up who you want to be and what you want to be and say, God, I'm willing to be anything you want me to be. I'm holding nothing back. I'm erasing the boundaries. I'm erasing the borders. I'm diving all in for God and get out of your purpose and your will and your agenda and get saddled up to the king. I want to tell you, you'll feel a hand like you've never felt. You'll sense a presence like you've never sensed. You'll hear a voice like you've never heard. You'll go where you've never been. You'll get involved with things that will blow your mind. Won't you get out of the mundane and the normal and the so-so and dive all in with the supernatural God, with the supernatural life, with the spirit-filled life. Go beyond your calling. Go beyond your raising. Go beyond your family. Go beyond your peers. Let God take you to where you've never been. Let God let you see what you can never see. I just want to say, if you'll go with God and get in with God, you're in for the ride of your your life. Woo! Hallelujah. He's got to be bought. He's got to be brought. He said that donkey, when you meet him, he's going to be all tied up. And before I can get on him, you got to loose him and cut the string. Oh, as long as you're tied up to lesser things. I didn't say evil things, I said lesser things. And any other thing than saddling up with Jesus, lifting him high, giving him the glory, it is a lesser thing. Some people will never go on this ride because they're too busy and tied up over here. I say, cut the string, cut the tie, cut loose, dive all in for God. We, we, we had a young fella come through our church one time. Come to think of it, we've had a lot of people come through our church. I thought about changing the name from Harvest Baptist Tabernacle to Thruway Baptist Church and even put a revolving door out in the front. <laughs> yeah, man. Instead of asking a man how many is running, ask him how many he's catching. And then how many are you keeping? Had a guy come through one time, he said, now listen, he said, I want to go off with you to a meeting somewhere. He said, I want to spend some private time with you. I, 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 I want to see what makes a guy like you tick. And I said, I'm going to tell you before you hang around me, I'm going to warn you up front. I'm one of the boringest individuals you'll ever be around in your life. Because all I do is go to church. Somebody called me liberal the other day, and I like what you said to him. For that boy to be liberal, he sure does go to church a lot. 
Well, I gave in and I let him go somewhere with me. And I didn't mind it. Man, every time I turn around, he's asking this. I, I didn't mind that. But man, one day at the hotel, he got to rummaging through my stuff. I don't like that. He was rummaging through my Bible and, and running through my sermon notes because that didn't take him long to run through my sermon notes. And then he picked up my date book. Back then, we didn't have the iCloud. And you better pray that's one cloud don't ever thunder because if it does, won't none of us know where we're supposed to be next. <laughs> and he was thumbing through my planner and, he, and all of a sudden, he just went, he went, yuck. Now look here. I don't care if you look at the stuff, man. I don't care, but don't do that. Don't, 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 don't go yuck. And I said, man, what's your problem? He said, oh, yuck. I said, what is your problem? He said, oh, my. I won't every day of my life plan that like that for years. And boy, it hit me. I said, bless God, I've heard you preach. You ain't got nothing to worry about. You won't be busy every day of your life for you. Amen. You said you shouldn't have said that. He started it. And I finished it with this. And Scott Caudle, you brother, you're making a bigger mess than I did. And Scott Caudle, you better back me up on this right here. And I finished it up with this. I said, son, you come to church pretty regular on Sunday morning. I said, you may come back Sunday night if you can wake up after that big old nap. You rarely come on Wednesday night. You never go out on visitation. Your tithing record stings. You never lift your hands to do anything for God. I said, son, you are right. You will never be busy the rest of your life because it is required in a steward that he be found faithful. You're not gonna climb that mountain. You're not gonna saddle up to the king. You're not gonna go where you've never been until you let the Holy Ghost cut you loose, free you up, and get you unbusy in lesser things and bog you in the main things. I say tonight, cut the tie, erase the boundaries, Kick out the traces, unhook the chains, jump all in for God, go all the way with God, and be everything that God wants you to be. Because if a donkey can do it, you can too. He's got to be bought. He's got to be brought. But number three in the text, he's got to be broken. Notice what Jesus says to his disciples: When you find this donkey. No man has set on him yet. You know what that means? He's wild. You know what that means? He's still full of himself. You know what that means? He is still doing what it's natural for a donkey to do. You say, what is it natural for a donkey to do? Kick, bite, Pull up. I believe I've pastored a few of them people through the years. He said that donkey is still full of himself. And he likes to bite. He likes to buck. He likes to kick. He likes to resist. So that donkey has got to be broken. Can I say this tonight? There is nothing natural about wanting to go to church. There is nothing natural about wanting to tithe. There is nothing natural about wanting to read the Bible. 
There is nothing natural about wanting to go soul winning and win somebody to Christ. There's nothing natural about coming to church three times a week and every day to the weekend in this meeting, morning, evening, noon, and we might even go half of the night. That is not natural for us. You know what comes natural for us? To resist, to buck, to fight, to put up a struggle and resist what God wants us to do. But I want to say tonight, saddle up, saddle up, let him break you, let him get you out of your natural tendencies and you start doing what is not natural because if you're gonna lift Jesus high and take him into town, you can't have it your way. You gotta get broke and let God have his way in your life. I don't know much about farm animals, but I know this much. You go up to a donkey or a mule or a horse that's never been broken, and you try your high old silver, you may be looking up from the grave. Cause boy, he'll bite, he'll buck, he'll resist. And you know they're skittish anyway. And the least little thing scares them to death. But oh, here's this donkey. No man's ever set on him. But them disciples get him. And they bring him over there to where Jesus is. I believe Jesus strokes his mane. He's feeling a hand like he's never felt. I believe Jesus whispers in his ear. He hears a voice like he's never heard. Boy, Jesus sits upon that donkey. He don't bite. He don't care. I guess he's the donkey whisperer. I found this out. What I can't get Baptists to do if they ever get broke by the king of kings and lord of lords, they go to doing it. All oh, the people that seem to find going to church faithfully so hard and tithing so hard and being the engine out of the caboose so hard. Have you ever noticed when they get hooked up to the king of kings and lord of lords, the fighting, the biting, the resisting all goes away. Jesus said on that donkey, he never fought, he never bit, he never resisted. You, you say, why is that? Because he had God on him. He had deity on him. He had sovereignty on him. Hey, all that's ever been on his back was a heavy load, but not a person. Oh, but this day it's not a heavy load, but it's the king of kings and the lord of lords. He's got purity on his back. He's got holiness on his back. He's got faithfulness on his back. He's got sovereignty on his back. He's got hope on his back. Healing's coming to town. Victory's coming to town. And it ain't the donkey, it's the man on top of the donkey cause he got broke and Jesus is Lord of the donkey. Let me get you six fellas, six of you guys right here. Get three on this side and three on this side. Yeah, give me a couple of them bigger ones right there. Come on, good, hurry. Man, y'all must be on union time or something. Here we go. Give me three on this side and give me three on this side. All right, I need two more. I know you don't want to be a donkey. I'm the donkey. Get up here. You look a little anemic there, boy. Here we go now. <laughs> All right, the streets are lined up on both sides and everybody's got their hands lifted and they're waving their hands. 
and they're yelling to the top of their voice, glory. Glory. And they're yelling to the top of their voice, glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the king. They're coming in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Woo! Everybody else there, help me out, is waving their palm branches. Come on, wave your palm branches. All right. This is a noisy scene. This is a scene of energy. They're all waving their palm branches. And they got their hands lifted. And they're screaming to the top of their voice. Hosanna. Glory. Amen. Boy, they got their hands lifted. They got their voice lifted saying glory. Glory. And they're waving their palm branches. And here comes this little old donkey. Buddy, most of the donkeys would have bowed up and run the other way. Oh, but they're waving their palm branches. And they got their hands lifted. And they're screaming to the top of their voice, Hosanna. And then somebody gets so happy, they throw their clothes in the way. Most of the donkeys would have ran the other way. It'd have spooked them, it'd have scared them. But they're waving their palm branches. And the donkey walks on. They throw something in his path. He steps over it and walks on. And they're screaming, hallelujah and glory and amen. Oh, he don't back up. He just walks on. And they're waving their hands. And they're talking to the top of their voices. Hosanna. Glory. Keep that up that I tell you to stop. Boy, the donkey walks on. He don't back up. He just walks on. He will not be afraid. He will not be intimidated. He will not be afraid. He will not be discouraged. I mean, they're waving their palm branches. They're throwing stuff in his way. But he walks on. He will not be intimidated. He will not back up. Praise God. He's walking on, he's walking on, he's walking on. You say, how can he do that? Because he's got the king on him. He's got God on him. He's got deity on him. He's got the Lord on him. Woo-hoo. Well, glory. going somewhere and nobody nobody is saying well look at the cute little donkey you read it nobody is saying look at the cute little donkey look at the cute little donkey no you know why They can't even see the donkey. They can't even see the donkey. But sitting high on top of the donkey, they're saying, there he goes, boys. 
There's the king. There's Hosanna. That's the holy one. That's the deliverer. That's the savior. That's Jesus. That's God. You can't see the donkey, but you see the king who rides the donkey. May this world tonight look beyond us and see him and see him and see him. It ain't about you. It's not about me. It's not about that talking, but it's all about him. Woo! You know why nobody is saying, look at the cute little donkey? Because there's nothing cute about him. The donkey's like some of my kin people. They're so ugly, they're cute. Long face, floppy ears, bad breath. I just described my mother-in-law. Lord, I forgot you know her. I'll whip you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, there's nothing beautiful about him. Oh, wait a minute. Brother Allen, I got ahead of myself. I hate to have to do this, but I, I got to retract a statement. Okay, Brother Joe's got to retract a statement. Yeah, I'm sorry, Lord, I'll get it right this time. I got to retract something. I said there was nothing beautiful about him, but I was wrong. There is. There's something very beautiful about him. If he's a real Jerusalem donkey, if he's real. He'll have a streak going down his back and one are growing across his shoulders that forms a perfect cross. All oh, the greatest day in this donkey's life when he picked up his cross. And here's the donkey with a cross on his back and Jesus on the cross headed to the cross. I think I need to say that again. The donkey's got the cross on his back. Jesus on top of the donkey on the cross. Going to the cross. Oh God, aren't you glad when you was a sinner? I have a heartbeat from hell. Somebody got saddled up to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And they brought Jesus to you. And you saw him. And you saw the cross. And you saw him high and lifted up. May we saddle up tonight with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and carry Jesus. Jesus and the cross who are lost in a dying world. Thank you, boys. Oh, boy. And remember, if a donkey can do it, you can do. Saddle up. A couple of years ago, I was preaching in Jackson, Michigan. Jackson is a little suburb of Detroit about 60 miles west.
where we're coming in from a, eating lunch with the pastors. And we went to turn in to the hotel. And there was a little truck had the driveway blocked. The motor was running. The doors were open. And I saw two feet sticking out from under that truck. And I thought, well, that truck's broke down and somebody's trying to fix it. Dr. Gravely, we got around the truck and the boy wasn't under the truck. He was laying beside of it, a big old boy. Weighed about 250 pounds, about six foot. Found out later he was the same age of my son at that time, 29. I walked up to the boy and his tongue, his face, and he turned all kinds of gross colors. His eyes rolled back in his head, his body stiffed, and he went, oh! and he died. He OD'd on drugs right there in front of me. Not nothing I could do to save that boy's life. He died right in my fingertips. A few minutes, a young man came out of the hotel. He went in to call 911. He came out and he said, hold on, buddy, 911's on the way. And I said, are you with him? He said, yes, my buddy. I said, well, son, I hate to tell you, he's dead. He just died. About that time, the ambulance people pulled up, the law pulled up, make a long story short. He died of an OD. Now listen, I lived a sheltered life. I never seen nobody die of an OD. I seen that once. Hope I never have to see that again. That policeman was talking to me. He said, sir, you don't understand. There's some bad dope on our streets. And I said, sir, I didn't think there was a, such a thing as good dope. Amen. He said, sir, I know this tears you up, but I see this five or six times a day in this city. And I said, well, I don't. And I helped him load that boy up and put him in that ambulance and they hauled him off. His body fluid was laying out there in that ground. Tore me up. I walked across that parking lot, tried to get in my room to study, pray, rest. I could do nothing. Because every time I closed my eyes, all I could see was that boy's tongue and his eyes. And hear that, ah! and he died right there. Pulled me up. Man, I got to walking in that room, and then it hit me. Oh, God, it hit me. That could have been my boy. Then it hit me. It was somebody's boy. And you be careful at the foul things that come out of your mouth with people like that. People like that may not mean nothing to you, but it's somebody's little boy. It could have been my boy. And then Brother Ricky, it hit me again. Oh, God, it could have been me. And then it hit me again. The only reason why it wasn't me was that night on the back row of that church. When that preacher said to my daddy, if a donkey can do it, you can too. Come on and get saddled up. And daddy got saddled up and he brought Jesus to our house. And the only reason why it's not you and me Somebody got saddled up and brought Jesus to us. And I tell you in the clothes and hours of this meeting tonight, there's a little trailer park somewhere that needs you. 
has a little Sunday school class somewhere that needs you. Has a little old boy and girl tonight that needs you. Somebody needs you. You say, but I'm not talented enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. I'm just a caboose. Well, I want to tell you there is a conductor swapping tracks. There is a conductor swapping tracks. If you get out of your world and get in his world, saddled up to the king, because if a donkey can do it, you can too. Saddle up, children. You're in for the ride of your life. I wonder if there's anybody in this room tonight, you're glad one day somebody saddled up to Jesus and you saw him in somebody's life. Thank you for the day you got saddled up. Thank you for the day you got saddled up. Thank you for the day you got saddled up. And wouldn't my heroes agree with me? You've been in the ride of your life. You never dreamed it'd be this good. You've seen what you've never thought you'd ever see. Son, I know where you come from. You come from the same place I come from, on the backside of nowhere. And whoever would have thought, little old Joseph Scotty, would get full of the Holy Ghost and preach on the anointing of God's Spirit and somebody get saved. I wonder whoever thought little Ricky the bus kid. Can I shake your hand? I'm glad you got saddled up. Would you agree with me? You've been on the ride of your life. Amen. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight can stand and say, boy, it's been worth every mile of the trip for me. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight, if you had to do it all over again, you'd still get, <laughs> you'd still get saddled up. Come on, let's get saddled up.